Dalton Kincaid and Clark Phillips III have both declared for the 2023 NFL Draft, meaning neither will play in the Rose Bowl, and the Utes pick up another four-star. We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Appreciate all of you who helped us reach over 700 subscribers. Your support means the world to us here at Locked On Utes, and we would love to interact with you guys in the YouTube comments as well as on social media at Locked On Utes or at JT Wistersill is my own personal handle. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions may apply so you know kind of midweek news we kind of thought we would be talking about utah recruiting this week but then utah got hit with some monumental news as dalton kincaid due to injury will be unable to play in the rose bowl so he steps away from this utah football program and it is a huge loss for them looking at the rose bowl and also just a bummer won't get to see dalton one last time because he is such a phenomenal tight end and all that he's been able to do with the utes this season and even last year too he was incredible too and in order to help break us down and talk about what dalton has meant to this Utah football family. Dante Guardi of Ute Zone joins us now. And Dante, Dalton was simply just put incredible. He was the best tight end in the nation this year, even though some people at the Mackey Award didn't feel that he was. I mean, but even just, we'll, we'll talk about his individual season in a second. Let's just talk about these past two seasons, what he's meant to this team. He's been a reliable target for Cam. His chemistry with Cam has been fantastic. He's a guy who's been able to go up and get balls, just understands how to get open, find the soft spots in those zones, has incredible hands. He rarely drops a ball. Um, I look think, think about games like the Rose Bowl where he like dropped a ball at ever. It was like, man, you can just tell he's not quite right because he doesn't usually drop that. And that's the other thing about Dalton is his toughness. He was not healthy the last month of the season. You could tell ever since really the Washington State game, he was really banged up continued to tough it out that's why i'm not surprised to see he wasn't able to go in the rose bowl we don't know what happened maybe the injury got worse maybe it just would have been something if he played it would have made it worse and uh you mentioned pre-show a guy like matt corral last year for Ole miss who he played in his bowl game and got hurt and really hurt his draft stock we don't know why dalton um how what the state of the injury was or anything like that if it worsened or not but either way just focusing on the player simply put one of the greatest utes and i mean in my opinion the greatest Ute tight end especially since i've been following this team that i've ever seen and that's with full respect to brand keithy too has done incredible things but what dalton did this year and over the last two years is just incredible and he is a massive loss for this program going forward but what he did will never be forgotten for this utah team yeah, I mean, it's really remarkable, the stuff that he did at the University of Utah. And you got to look at it, and sure, he was great in every single game, but he really stepped up his game in those big moments. You know, we're talking yes. about a guy who caught a touchdown in the first Pac-12 championship game last season. We're talking about a guy who tied the Rose Bowl and gave us that slight window of hope for those last two minutes um, last year in Utah's first Rose Bowl appearance. And obviously the 16-234 and a touchdown against USC earlier this year. I mean, so many great moments, toughing it out against Washington State, that incredible touchdown he had against Colorado not too long ago. Like, so many spectacular moments. And obviously no one can really speculate deep down. He's the only one that knows. And at the end of the day, it's his decision. So we all have to kind of respect that and just kind of take it as – don't cry that it's over Be or smile because it happened, you know, and looking at this team yeah. now, I mean, I'm really excited to see what Thomas Yasmin can do in the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. Obviously not having Dalton's going to hurt. Obviously that's your number one, that's your alpha dog receiver, but 
I mean, we saw Thomas Yasmin do some incredible things over the past couple weeks. That hurdle they had against Colorado, the touchdown that he had against USC where he ran over a first-team All-American safety. Like, he can play, man. He can really, really play, and I'm really excited to see how he performs against a really good Penn State secondary on a big stage in his first game really being um, the number one tight end, you know. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, obviously, it's sad that Dalton's not going to be returning, not going to be coming back. But, I mean, it is what it is. We just got to move on at this point and just be happy for all the great things that he did for this university. And I agree with you, man. I mean, I don't really think there's another tight end that even stands anywhere near uh, yeah. what he's done, especially not in my lifetime. I mean, Brant's obviously great, number two. But, I mean, what Dalton did this year was true, truly remarkable, taking games yes. over on his own. Like, I don't think I've seen a Utah pass catcher really do that in my lifetime. Maybe the only one I can really remember was like Drez Anderson and Darren Carrington yeah. for like the first five weeks of 2017. Yeah, but, good like, Dalton and Cade throughout the entire season. I don't think I've ever seen a Utah pass catcher really just take the reins and kind of just lead this team on their own. But Dalton and Cade really did that. He's going to be a stud in the NFL. I personally think since Brock Bowers is at end of this draft, I think he's better than Michael Mayer on Notre Dame. I think he's for sure yep. the best tight end in this draft. Might not get drafted above Mayer, but I mean, he's going to make an NFL team really, really happy. Yeah, it definitely feels like I, I would be shocked if he's not a second round pick. I think first round's always tough when you're a tight end. I mean, and there's no way he doesn't get drafted on day two either way, but there will be a lot of time to talk about his draft stock. Let's focus on what he did with Utah to your point. Um, in 2020, you know, the weird COVID year, first year coming over with the team from San Diego State, had one catch for 14 yards, so no one really knew who he was. And then the Weber State game in 2021 really burst onto the scene, had, I believe, 80 yards in that one, caught two touchdowns, so people were really excited for that season, ended up catching 36 balls for 510 yards eight touchdowns to just a beast in so many ways for this team. And you mentioned the big time moments he stepped up in one of those being the Rose bowl, but then 2022 Dalton had 70 receptions, 890 yards, eight touchdowns, and was just a monster in every sense of the word. I mean, when you look at his, some of the individual numbers too, here's where Dalton Kincaid ranked on amongst NCAA tight ends. He was number one in yards first in yards per game, first in receptions per game, second in touchdowns, and second in receptions. That's only with 11 games played, too, where a lot of guys got a couple more. And once again, him being hurt down the stretch of the end of the year. Watch him down the end of the year versus him in some of those earlier games like that. You could see he's having the tough stuff out, still fighting for every yard, every play. He was the best tight end in the country. It was an absolute monster season. He was uncoverable. His game against USC, I mean... Just something that will not be forgotten. I mean, over 200 yards in there, set Utah records, set nearly set tight end, college football records in that one. Just a masterful performance by Dalton and just a dominant year because, as you mentioned, this is the year that really cemented him as the best tight end that's ever come through Utah because he truly was Cam's guy and he came up clutch in all those situations. And without him, in a lot of ways, I think that USC game will be remembered as Cam's game because Cam was the one who scored the two-point conversion, did a lot of those things too, but... It really should be remembered as Cam and Dalton's game because when Dalton did that game, I mean, over 100 yards, I believe, after contact, or at least over 70 yards after contact. The numbers escaping me right now. The first time against the Trojans just continued to get it done on the biggest stages and the biggest spotlights when Utah needed it most. And you look back at how critical that USC game was for setting them up to eventually be Pac-12 champs. It's safe to say Utah would not be in this position to repeat as Rose Bowl champs or even go to the Rose Bowl last year without the contributions of Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, without that win against USC, the first one, we're sitting at eight and four, um, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and six and three in the conference. And that, at that point, it's Washington or Oregon. I'm not, or well, it would be Washington because they beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. So I mean, what Dalton did is just truly re remarkable. And I I can't remember a tight end or even a pass catcher really doing what he did against. No. Actually, that's that's a lie. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. <laughs> but um, aside from that, I mean, this we don't season, talk about him. Yeah, we're forgetting about that. Uh, but I mean, what Dalton did this year was probably the best pass catcher performance I've ever seen from a tight end, at least. I mean, this mm -hmm. season, that was just remarkable and really just putting the team on his shoulders, you know, like 
there were obviously other guys stepping up. Money Parks had a tremendous catch in that game as well. Other guys were chipping in. Devon Bailey had a nice touchdown too. But it was Dalton and Kid, like back to the well. You know, whenever you needed a big play, whenever you needed a short play, a long play, it was Dalton always stepping up in those big moments. You know, when it, whether it was just like a short little flat route, short little out route, turning up after the catch, breaking a few tackles, getting 12 yards when it should really just be six, or yeah. going up and making a catch that 99% of college athletes aren't making. You know, he mm-hmm. was just doing it all, and the, the versatility was remarkable. You know, I mean, he wasn't just your average tight end. He was a tight end with a receiver skill set who could also block at an elite level. Like it, what everything he did was just elite. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And you look at what he did at USD. I mean, he was an FCS All-American, and he's still learning the game. Like this is a guy who didn't start playing football until like his senior year in high school. So I mean, he is still yep. learning the game. He's only going to keep getting better and better. And that's why that's why I'm saying like an NFL team is going to be stoked that they're going to be taking him in the draft because he literally does it all. I mean, very good athleticism, very good blocking, great catch radius. Like he can do everything. And he's he's a coachable player. He's a team first player. I mean, he didn't really even have to play towards the end of the season. Like, we got lucky that he did because most players in that situation, especially with a lot of money on the line, a lot of draft stock on the line, probably wouldn't be doing that. You know, every single time they zoomed in on him in the huddle, he was grimacing. Like, he was clearly in pain and clearly not 100%. Mm-hmm. Yet he was still going out there each day and fighting with his brothers, fighting to make Utah um, the Pac-12 champions and obviously leading Utah to another Rose Bowl, even though it's unfortunate he's not going to play. And I'm sure he would have had a fantastic game. And it would have been nice to see him reach that 1,000-yard uh, threshold. But... It is what it is. And like I said, I'm really excited to see how some of these other guys step up because um, we're going to get a more healthy Devon Vele back. We're going to be able to see what Money Parks can do. You know, he's been on fire lately. Jalen Dixon also as well. Yep. And Thomas Yasmin, you know, that's the one I'm really excited about because Thomas Yasmin's obviously going to be back, coming back next year. Um, Brent Keithy can. It's a little bit up in the air right now. Obviously, we heard what he said um, on the radio a couple weeks ago. He's still thinking about it. But even if he doesn't, that means Thomas Yasmin's just going to keep keep getting a more uh, more involved role. And seeing how he does in a game like this against the really elite secondary is going to be um, kind of the kind of kind of be what sets the tone for him going into next season. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about coming up next is how what Dalton's loss means for this Utah team in the Rose Bowl and who has to step up in order to replace him and assist this Utah team in getting those yards and moving the ball through the air. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of this episode in LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Guys, LinkedIn is a great site that allows you to find great employees out there. There are so many eager students who just got out of college as well as people in between jobs who are ready to go and excited to work and have their resumes uploaded to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is actually the number one rated site by rated as rated by small business and delivering higher, higher, higher quality hires versus leading competitors. Make sure you guys head over and add your purple hashtag frame hiring job to your LinkedIn profile and use simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. It's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free terms and conditions may apply. So Dante, come back into this one. We talked about what Dalton meant for this team and he's just they wouldn't be in this position without him. And now the challenge of being beating a really good Penn State team just got a lot tougher without Dalton there. Cam security blanket. Um, in some ways, one thing I'll say that might help a little bit in this game is Cam won't feel – a lot of times when Cam felt panicked, he would just kind of try to force a ball to Dalton, and it's what's led to a lot of his interceptions this season. 
He won't be doing that in the Rose Bowl in the Rose Bowl this year, as he did in a couple of the games earlier on in the season. But simply put, you lose your best pass catcher. And anytime that happens, it's a tough pill to swallow, too. Um, we don't know really what's going on. What's up with Devon, as we kind of talked about? You know, he was just catching punts last time, wasn't able to play as a receiver in the last game just because of some of those injuries and things. So hopefully he's good to go by the time the Rose Bowl rolls around. So Utah at least has him. But look, Thomas Yasmin's emergence has been critical. I mean, his Colorado game and then following that up with the USC game, masterful stuff. And he's a guy who's made a couple catches throughout the season. But man, it feels like. This could be a great opportunity for him to really showcase his talents and can and prove why he's kind of the guy. I mean, he did walk on senior day, so I guess there's a slim chance that he comes back next year. But, I mean, that he goes to the, the league next year, I, I agree with you. I feel like he's going to come back. And, I mean, why would you not want to come back and be a part of this Utah offense as a tight end? I mean, just like he would be the top guy, too. So, when I'm looking at who's going to replace Dalton's production in this one, it's definitely going to be Yasmin. But I think Money Parks has to continue to step up and play really well, do the things he did in the Rose Bowl. Uh, Jalen Dixon getting keep continuing to get hot. was nice last week. He made some nice plays, caught the big touchdown early on that game after having that tough fumble. And then Devon, if he's healthy and good to go, I mean, the Utes need him out there, I really feel like. We also saw some young freshman receivers for the Buckeyes step up in last year's Rose Bowl and Marvin Harrison. That's why all of us kind of weren't as shocked of what he did. be great to see some of these Utes, the younger Utes receivers that everyone's very high on, get an opportunity maybe to do some things here. We could see a guy break out potentially. But the Utes have some guys out there that I really think have opportunities to step up and make some plays still. Just going to be tough to replace Dalton because he's been the guy for Cam. Yeah, with no Dalton, the, the playing field kind of levels for Penn State and Utah. You know, Penn State's going to be without their top corner, their best player on the team, Joey Porter Jr., and their best wide receiver, Parker Washington, who's been a mainstay in their offense for a few years now. And obviously, Utah without Dalton, it kind of levels the playing field. So it's going to be a very fair game. No excuses for either side. You can't say, oh, Dalton was out, so we should have won or whatever. Or Penn State can't say, oh, Parker and Joey Porter Jr. were out, so we should have won. I mean, the playing field is very level here. And both quarterbacks are playing. Both quarterbacks care. So it's going to be just a fantastic game. Um, but I think with Thomas Yasmin, the main thing we got to look for is his intermediate and short route running. A lot of the routes that he's been running this season have been a lot of, like, setup kind of design plays for him. You know, you see that touchdown he had against USC. I think it was Dalton who kind of came out into the flat, which kind of opened up mm -hmm. that seam um, on the corner route for Thomas Yasmin. But now this game, we're going to have to see a lot more of intermediate short routes because that's what Dalton Kincaid did. That's kind of what set him apart. You know, he wasn't just like a gadget player. He was a do-it-all tight end. He could go intermediate. He can go short. He can go long. So I think that's what we're going to see from Thomas Yasmin, see how he runs those routes, see how good he is at making cuts and stuff like that against um, linebackers, slot corners, one-on-one -on -one kind of thing. And um, I think he can, honestly. I mean, I don't think we, I don't think athleticism is, is his issue. You know, we saw what he did against Colorado. That hurdle was out of this world. Um, yes. So I, I'm, I'm more excited than worried because obviously it's just going to give us a taste of what this Utah offense next year is going to look like. And obviously it's just going to get better from there because they're going to have a full camp to prepare with each other. And obviously going into a game against Florida who is losing a lot of players to the transfer portal might not be the toughest game um, compared to how it was this year. So I think this is going to kind of lay the foundation for next year's Utah offense. And I'm really excited to see what Thomas Yasmin can do. Obviously, Jalen Dixon, I don't believe he can come back. I think his eligibility yeah, is I used up by now. Um, but Money Parks will be back. Devon looking like he'll be he'll be gone too because he's pretty old, wants to get, take a shot at the NFL. Can't blame him for that. Um, Brandon, pretty understandable. But I mean, overall, I mean, Thomas Yasmin and Money Parks are the two guys to watch in this game. I think they could both have fantastic outings, especially without Penn State having their top corner. They got some good safeties, but I think it's going to be really interesting to just see their route running and how they're going to be used when playing a lot more snaps. You know, both those guys aren't on the field every single snap. It's a lot of third downs, third and long, obviously obvious passing situations. And that's where they've kind of thrived. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do on a down to down basis. And I'm, I'm more excited than worried. A lot of people will be worried, say, oh, we're going up against a really good secondary. Maybe they're not quite ready. I think they are ready. You know, they've learned from some very good players. 
Money Parks has learned from Devon Vele, who has had his fair share of great moments this year. Jalen Dixon, who's been in the program for a minute now and has had some fantastic games. You think back to the 2018 season he had. Every single game down the stretch, he seemed like he was coming up clutch. So, I mean, these guys have learned from good players. And obviously, Thomas Yasmin's learned from Brant Keithy and Tully Kincaid. I don't think there's two other tight ends in college football that I'd rather learn the tight end position from. And obviously, Freddie Whittingham Jr., in my opinion, is by far the best tight ends coach in the entire nation. So, I'm more excited than worried. I'm stoked to see how these guys perform, and it's going to be a fantastic Rose Bowl. Yeah, you mentioned being excited versus worried. I'll ask you this. How much does it, your confidence kind of get hurt in Utah without Dalton? Because I know for me personally, mine definitely likes I, – I feel good about – I felt good about a huge win. Dalton not being there definitely hurts it. But I still think because I have faith in these other guys, because they've stepped up in moments throughout the season and they've shown signs of putting it together. I mean, money obviously last week did. And the way, with the way we last saw this Utah offense with Dalton not even in there all the all the time, he, they were without him in a couple of snaps because they just knew like, hey, he wasn't 100%. Those other guys had to step up. They were able to do that. So even with a, let's call him 50% Dalton, they were able to beat USC. Um, Penn State's offense. I, I know Caleb Williams got hurt. I don't think they're USC's offense, so I don't think you'll have to score. You might not have to score as many points, and maybe Utah is capable of putting up a forty burger again. That'll be interesting to see if they can. But I would say I definitely feel less confident. But I def it's not like one of these things where I'm like, oh, there's Utah's not going to win this game anymore. I feel good. I still feel good about the Utes' chances to win this game. I'm still going to pick the Utes to win this game when we do come time for predictions, as I spoil my show a few weeks out from now. But I think when you look at it, I think there's enough guys on this team who are willing and able to step up and. And they've shown ability to win games without their best players at different points throughout the season. They navigated the Brant Keithy injury. They survived without Tavion Thomas. I think they're going to be okay without Dalton Kincaid. And I still feel good about their chances to go in there and get a win, especially because, as you mentioned, Penn State's down a couple of their top guys, too. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. You know, I think this game, the main part that we're going to miss with Dalton is like third down. Like third yep. and six, third and five, yes. that's where he really made an impact, in my opinion, the, uh, more of an underrated impact, obviously made an impact everywhere. But like in this game, with this type of stakes against a really good team, I think that was where he was going to make the biggest the biggest impact and really lead Utah to a victory. But I think Utah matches up really well against Penn State in the trenches. They have a really good defensive tackle in P.J. Mustafer, but outside of him, it's a little bit shaky. You know, their defensive ends are very good pass rushers, but not the best run defenders. So I think Utah's offensive line is going to have their fair share of great snaps and just pancake blocks like day yeah. or snap in and snap out against Penn State, therefore leading to a very good day from Jaquina Jackson. And if Cam's good enough to be running like he was earlier in the season, I think Utah could have a really good day running the football. And if that's the case, I don't think we're really going to miss Dalton. I mean, obviously we will just because he's that good of a player. But I mean, if not Utah's able to get the ground game going, uh, it's not going to be too much of an impact in my opinion. You know, there's 22 players or 10 other players on the offense. You know, we saw guys step up against USC. Sure, Penn State's defense a lot better than USC's. But, I mean, we still saw those guys come up and make some spectacular plays. And, I mean, like you said, Dalton wasn't even 100% against USC, and we still did it without him. We still put up 47 points. Well, will Utah put up 47 points against Penn State? Probably not. You know, I think this game's going to be a lot more ground and pound for both sides because, obviously, both teams are missing their best pass catcher. But this really hasn't wavered my thought process too much. Obviously, a little bit just because of how much of an impact Dalton made over the course of the year. But I really do think this is going to be a ground and pound type of game for Utah. And I think they could find some real success running the football. And it won't be too much of an impact. But obviously, you wish he's there. That's that's the main thing. You wish he's there. But I do think this was going to be a really good day for Utah's offensive line and specifically Jaquan Jackson. And I still do think Utah wins this game. I feel the same way as you know. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all works out. Dante, appreciate you always for joining us on the show. What are a couple of things you have coming up with Ute Zone now? Pretty much just youth in the NFL. You know, we had a really good Sunday. Um, Tyler Huntley unfortunately got hurt, but the Ravens still won the game, which is pretty awesome. I mean, they're nine and four now, probably gonna win that Anthony division. Anthony Brown also, getting it done. 
What's that? I said Anthony Brown had to come in for Huntley. Yeah, he Anthony Brown did come in. He he definitely did did come in. But I mean, it was Tyler who really made yes. uh, the Ravens' offense click. I mean, most of the good drives was it was it was Tyler Huntley, and then also our Brent Covey doing it all yesterday. You know, returning punts. He was holding field goals, and he also got in at receiver. So really awesome day from him. Um, and then everyone else was kind of doing their thing. You know, Jalen Jalen Johnson's had a few good weeks now. Marcus Williams on the Ravens as well. Coming yeah. up with a big interception in the second half um, on a drive that the Raven, or the Steelers could have taken the lead against the Ravens. Um, that was while Tyler was hurt, actually. So that was really big because the Ravens offense wasn't really generating much much of anything without uh, Tyler Huntley in the game. So really just UT and NFL. Um, maybe some other stuff. i got to get creative now. I mean, we're in a little bit of a dull period now uh, with it mainly just being recruiting and uh, not so much game action stuff, not much to analyze. But, I mean, um, I'll definitely keep you guys updated because – uh, that's what I do, and um, I'm looking forward to just a fantastic Rose Bowl game. I'm probably going to have a lot of like positional breakdowns, stuff yep. like that, because this is a Penn State team that I really do enjoy watching. You know, they were a team that I was I watched a good amount of earlier in the year as the year kind of went on. Not as much because that was when I was really zoned in on on mainly Utah stuff heading down the stretch. But I mean, this is a really fun team. You know, their secondary I thought was the second best secondary in the entire nation back in August heading into the year. I thought they were that good. I think they're probably the best now, honestly. But without yep. Jerry Porter Jr., waivers a little bit, but they still got some very good players, and they got a quarterback who has been there for a very long time. So it's going to be a fun team to watch, a fun team to break down, and a fun team to watch take on Utah because, I mean, I'm, I think we're all looking forward to that aerial shot of the Rose Bowl when you see the white and the red. It's going, yes. to, be, it's going to be a beautiful day. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be electric. I think we all are. Dante, appreciate you joining us as always. Make sure you guys give him a follow at Dante Guardi on Twitter. We're going to talk about some big cornerback news for the Utes with Clark Phillips III officially going to the NFL draft and then the Utes landing another four-star in Smith Snowden. We're going to touch on that in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great, because you guys got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar. They're new reimagined flavors. Cookie dough, Topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate, peppermint granola. It's Bilt's take on granola, and everything is perfect when it comes to Bilt Bar. It's still insanely tasty, and the candy cane brownie puff favor you guys love is also there, too. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Bilt Bars before, they're literally the best tasting tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionary nutrition as well with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, 130 calories in total. Just sink your teeth into the first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you've tried these new built flavors and a time after because built will change your life. Built, you got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using promo code LOCKEDON15. That's all caps, one word, LOCKEDON15 at built.com. So make sure you guys head over to Built Bar and cash in on that great offer today. Once again, thanks to Dante for joining the show with us. And uh, advantages to recording in two parts is we recorded this earlier. And by that point, Clark Phillips III had not announced that he was uh, declaring for the draft yet. And the second part of that being we had not yet heard what Smith Snowden's decision was. Let's touch on Clark briefly first. We're going to talk about a lot of Clark on tomorrow's show just because of when the announcement was made. So late in the day that we had already kind of made plans on lockdown use to record and talk about other things. But Dalton deserves an entire episode. I think Clark deserves his own segment entirely. And I do want to touch on Smith Snowden in a moment. So um, just talk about Clark's decision. It's not surprising when you think about where his draft range is going to be. Whenever you get those first round, to early second round kind of players, they usually end up opting out of bowl games. And I think that's what went into this decision here for Clark. Clark, just a pro's pro. I mean, a guy that I've been lucky enough to interact with on a couple occasions. I mean, you can't find a better person and player 
Um, literally a coach's dream every time you interact with him. And uh, I mean, his play obviously speaks for itself too. I don't know. I think the type of person he is is better than the play and his play is outstanding. So that just shows you how good of a player and person he obviously is um, when it comes to him as a corner. I mean, I know everyone will talk about, look at how bad Utah's defense was in last year's Rose bowl, but Clark was the exception to that he was really incredible on the back end, still making plays and he did it all year long. We'll never forget the Oregon state game. I mean, that was just incredible stuff there. Clark is a true shutdown corner. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but we know he's able to dominate on the outside as he was able to do it time and time again. He could guard anyone, really shut down so many high prolific receivers on the season. His pass breakup he had on Jordan Addison in the end zone helped change that game for the Utes to help them become back-to-back Pac-12 champions. So Clark's a guy who won't be forgotten. We're all really bummed he won't be playing in the Rose Bowl. We're going to talk about more about what he did specifically and just his legacy he leaves as another great Utah cornerback. A guy who came in, said he wanted to play here for three years and then go to the NFL draft and was able to do exactly that. We're going to talk a lot more about him tomorrow, but man, definitely a tough loss for the Utes as it pertains to the Rose Bowl, losing a guy like Clark Phillips because those guys are rare, and there's a reason a lot of teams in the NFL are going to be lining up to draft a player of his caliber. So tough to see Clark go, but definitely excited for him in the future because couldn't be happy to know a better person or player in my opinion. Now, the Utes got a recruit who could eventually, or maybe even next year, help su- succeed Clark Phillips in four-star Utah a got player from the state of Utah in Smith Snowden, the corner out of Sky Ridge High School, 5'10 player as well, and Snowden is the kind of guy that I, some of you listen to the show, you know I call high school football games locally a little bit, and I actually had a lot of Sky Ridge games this year. I didn't call Smith Snowden's name a lot, and you know why that is? Because no one wanted to throw at him, and when they did make that mistake, usually went very badly for them. I saw him in the state semifinals take an interception, I believe it was 98 yards to the house on the First drive one of the other teams had. He's an electric athlete, too. Had a 96-yard kickoff return to help the Sky Ridge had a massive comeback against Lone Peak. So Snowden, an incredible athlete. Elite ball skills. He's not the biggest guy. I mentioned only 5'10", but similar to Clark Phillips, he plays so much bigger than he is. He's got great hands. He's really tough. He's really tough, too really physical at the line of scrimmage and he can go up and get some of those balls. You might go up and be like, Oh, the other receivers got the advantage on him because of the height. And then all of a sudden he comes down with it. That's just because of how good his hands are and how well he plays the ball in the air. Phenomenal athlete, great instincts, great feet, great hips, everything you want in the corner. There's a reason he's a four-star prospect. He's a phenomenal player and the Utes are extremely lucky that he's going to be playing for them next season. I cannot wait to see what this guy does. And it just continues to speak to this trend. We've seen of success. If you look at the top five players in Utah, according to 24-7 and a couple other outlets. It would kind of be Tassilia Kana, who it seems more than likely is going to go to Oklahoma, according to the 24-7 rankings. Um, Siali Acer also in there. He's BYU. But the next three guys, Spencer Fano, Hunter Clegg, Smith Snowden, all three of them going to be next season. Phenomenal work by Kyle Whittingham and his staff for the job they've done, keeping some of the top talent in state and beating out a lot of other top programs for these players too. I think Snowden's a guy who's going to come in right away. He'll have a chance to play in his first year. I think you look at what Zamaya Vaughn and JT Broughton bring to the secondary as veterans now on this team. I think Snowden's a guy who can step in right away and he's going to be making plays in Rice Eccles year one. You see a lot of corners play kind of earlier on just because the athleticism and being able to keep up with a guy translate. It's not as physical a position, obviously, as the offensive or defensive line where so many guys have to redshirt because they have to take a year to get at that level of strength. Well, So many of those guys already come in as such great athletes on the outside, being those corners. They're able to cover on the outside and play in year one. So I do expect Smith Snowden to play in year one. Will he start? Well, that's to be determined, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's an early enrollee too and has an opportunity to really come in here and earn one of those roles by the time we get into the spring game and especially by the time fall camp rolls around. But all that matters right now is another phenomenal get for Kyle Whittingham and his program. They continue to dominate the recruiting scene. 
working on a top 25 class. I believe they are in there now with this recruit too. Could become even higher based on a couple of the other players they're still talking with. And it'll be interesting to see how it does all shake out for this Utah football program. But man, another top corner and player going to the Utes. And crazy that it happens on the same day when you use one of the best corners to ever come through and play here in Clark Phillips the third. So man, tough stretch of 48 hours when you talk about losing Dalton and Clark, but you knew at most you were only going to have those guys for one more game anyways. And it's been a great week for the Utes because while they're losing a lot of talent these last couple of weeks, they're also replacing it with all these high profile recruits. And we know what Kyle Whittingham has done with players who don't have the stars because they recruited just high character guys who are willing to come in and work hard. Now you're getting high character guys who also have a higher ceiling than some of those other players you've bought in. I think sky's the limit for what these guys can accomplish and all these high recruits. And look, this signing day is still just under a week away now. So I don't think this Utah football team is done by any stretch of the imagination either. So it's going to be fun to continue to track and see how it all plays out. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in to this episode of Lockdown News. Thanks again for Dante Guardi for joining us earlier on in the show. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend that you guys check out the Locked On Sports podcast. Locked On Sports is today is there for you guys the take of the day the biggest game recaps the biggest stories in sports it's all available on locked on sports today so make sure you guys head over and check out that podcast on on youtube odyssey or wherever you get your podcast thank you again for listening to locked on Utes, and we'll see you tomorrow